Hey there, happy February. Welcome to Building Together, a podcast about how people, businesses, organizations, and government are teaming up to make West Liberty, Iowa, and surrounding areas a better place in which to live, work, learn, grow, and play. My name is Ken Brooks, and I'm the executive director of WeLead, the West Liberty Economic Area Development Corporation. And each month, I have the pleasure of leading a roundtable discussion with a panel of local leaders to make sure that you are in the know and are up to date. If you have a question for our panel, please email us at podcast at weleadiowa.org. The Building Together podcast is brought to you in part by West Liberty Auto Parts and the Goodfellas Club. So are you ready? Let's go. Happy February! Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us on West Liberty's Building Together. We're back again this month with our roundtable panel. Let's introduce our panelists. Starting to my left, we've got Jamara. Jamara Lefson with the West Liberty Index. Ethan Anderson, Mayor of West Liberty. Sean Kruger, Superintendent, West Liberty Community School District. David Hoagland, City Manager for the City of West Liberty. And I'm Clifford McFerrin, the Director at the Nursing Home Administrator and also representing the West Liberty Heritage Foundation. And Charles Brook, Chief Operating Officer of the West Liberty Chamber of Commerce. And I'm Ken Brooks, Executive Director for WeLead, the West Liberty Economic Area Development Corporation. Well, let's get down to business. What's going on in West Liberty? Jamara, you're up. I know you want to complain about the elevator. She got stuck on 22 coming up (laughs) and had to climb the rest of the way. Well, I do have, actually, we just did some maintenance. So I'm going to get out of my seat here and reveal the uh, new addition we have here at the building. I swear, if i got to take the the stairs one more time. This is exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. All right, so as, as, as the listeners can see, there is the bell to the elevator, the up and the down button right here which they have installed is new. It's antique, but it looks nice. So if you hit the up button, you have to wait about 15 minutes for it to come up. Because there's a little old dude down there with a little monkey, and it takes a little while for it to come up or down. But that's, that's, that's brilliant. I love the elevator uh, shaft being right there. Um, it, it, and it's a nice shaft, too. So um, it just takes a while for the dang thing to come up. So once you get that fixed, let me know. Um, well, I'll be happy to use it. So I, I've been assured it's a natural thing that happens to most elevators at some point. It it sometimes just stays down, and you just have to get used to it. So. Very good. Yeah. Well, we've got the elevator out of the way. What else is going on, Jamara? I'm going, well, starting February 15th, we'll be doing junior achievement over at the second grade at the elementary school in Leighton Houston's class. Looking forward to that. Can, can you tell us about Junior Achievement? What is that? They, um, it's a program that 
I actually did a long, long time ago in third grade and when I was in seventh grade myself in sixth grade, really enjoyed it. They teach how to operate a business and goes into getting a job and being a good community citizen. So Okay, awesome. So you're volunteering for that? Yes. Yep, and I look forward to being back in the classroom. It's been a long time. So Yeah, very cool. I think the community has noticed uh, during the last month's podcast, we were talking a little bit about uh, some delays that there were with newspapers getting delivered. And I think that's been resolved, right? Thankfully, hopefully, yes, maybe so. The crate of pigeons that you had come in, though, they didn't stay around very long. No, they did not. Delivered one set no, and they're gone. Coming from Webster City in the snow is also not that great either. So, Well, it's always good to see things back on track. Yes, Excellent. especially with the less phone calls that I get about it. It's great. Mayor, happy February. Yes, happy February to you. How are you? Uh, great. What's going on in your world? Uh, today I'd like to highlight that the City of West Liberty is hiring. Um, we are looking for people in the electric department, we're looking for people in the police department, and City Manager Dave, I'm sure you can um, uh, help me remember if there are other departments, but I know that um, our police chief is, is interviewing a potential new officer uh, this week, so that's good news, and just want to put the word out that there are jobs available for anybody who is interested. Did they close the applications for mayor? <laughs> Yes, that one, did. did they? Yes. Right. That one is always open. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a fine. Actually, you're doing a fine job, and uh, we really appreciate you stepping up and taking over like you have. So. That's very kind Thank of you, you, and I'll ask everybody else to tell me what you say when I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Let's see what else. Um, it's budget season, so everybody is busy with that. Of course, a lot of paperwork and uh, thought goes into that. Uh, the f issue with the, the fire department and the rural uh, townships, of course, is ongoing, but I can report that the task force has made very good progress. There will be a presentation to the city council and to the trustees of the rural townships on February 13th, uh, where the task force will present <clears throat> some of their ideas about what a potential new 28E agency, a separated fire department agency, um, could look like. There's, there's still a lot of work to be done with that conversation and, and those documents, so it's, a, it's definitely an ongoing process and will take some time, uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely moving forward. The job of the task force, of course, is to, to see if it can work, to try to make, uh, make a plan, a potential plan, Put, to, put it together to see if it really can work and then present that to the council and to the trustees of the rural townships uh, to see if they if they want to move forward with it. So uh, it's been fun for me to be a part of that and I'm definitely seeing it move forward. Uh, Mayor, I know you've been active in that process. Uh, can you take a couple minutes and explain just in, in general uh, what this solution might look like? Sure. Uh, it is complicated and so I'll try to, to kind of go through it from the beginning just briefly I was unaware of how it was all how it all worked until I t took some time to to really get myself up to speed um, fire services are paid for by tax dollars and so there has to be a legal entity that receives the tax dollars and is responsible for dispersing them and managing them 
um, as it re relates to the fire service. So for many years, for decades, that has been the city of West Liberty was designated as that entity uh, to be responsible for those funds. The fire department is um, operated by volunteers. There's a, a, some stipends for, for, for certain people, um, for the chief, uh, and Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, he might be the only stipend actually that's out there. For the fire department. For the fire department yeah, side. That's correct. Um, but uh, almost entirely staffed by volunteers. And that fire department is kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of a hybrid city department. It is, it is under the umbrella of the city for, um, uh, for many things. But then they also have their own volunteer association. So it's kind of a, it's kind of, it's kind of a hybrid um, department, you might say, is maybe the best way to, de to describe it. And the fire department would like to pull away from this, the organization of the city. And that some c other cities have done this. It's called a, a 2080 agency. And so the fire department would be a standalone agency that would then serve the city. Right now, you might think of it like the city combined with the fire department is sort of like the, the vendor for fire services. Um, they work together to provide services to the city. And they want to separate so that the fire department would become the vendor and the city would basically be uh, like a client of that fire department. The other part of it is the rural townships that surround the city of West Liberty currently are acting as a client to the combined fire department city uh, structure. And so they pay for services, they pay for, for fire protection in, their, uh, in, in the, the rural areas surrounding the city, but they don't have uh, anyone on the, the city council. Obviously, the city council is only representing the city, and so they would like to have more representation over um, the management of the funds. So their goal is to have representation uh, in the in the management of the fire department, and with the new structure, the fire department would basically become the vendor, and the city and the rural areas would become clients. If you want to think about it in that way, and each of those parties would have representation on the board. That's the proposal that's uh, being put forward. Like I said, there are a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of details, uh, and you know, there's probably going to be quite a few things that not everyone's going to agree on and how that should be put together. So the task force is, is uh, putting together some, some ideas for how it can go, and then we'll take it to the city council and to the rural trustees. Perfect. Thank you for that explanation. What else is going on in your world? I think... Uh, Hopefully, Dave, you can talk some more about this, but it would be great to get an update about, about housing. I know that uh, the last time I was in City Manager Dave's office, there was a huge stack of papers on the desk, and he said these are the plans for the, the Bicey, subdivision. Bicey subdivision up by Dutton Park. So um, I was excited to uh, see that. And uh, lastly, briefly, the City Council had their final reading for approving a dog kennel to be built uh, in the city, that's uh, they had to change the zoning to allow it on the agricultural uh, zoned portions, and uh, so I think some people are going to be excited about that. 
that's all for today. Thank you very much, Mayor. All really interesting, and that was a great explanation. Thank you for doing that. Well, let's keep on trucking with uh, updates from the city. David Hoagland, how are you? I'm doing well, Ken. How about yourself? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for being here on uh, Building Together. Thanks for the invitation again. What do you have for us? Well, I'll kind of expand on uh, what Mayor Anderson just talked about, our housing projects that are uh, taking shape here in the city. Uh, we've got several of them that are going on and, and some other building projects, uh, one being the Bicey subdivision, which Mayor Anderson had alluded to. Um, we will probably this month, we'll be having a planning and zoning meeting um, to do a little bit of rezoning on that property. Um, Jason Dumont, who's the developer, um, has requested to rezone a few of the lots. Uh, to, to make things work out. Um, hopefully we'll have his development agreement signed this month and I believe you know, he's hoping to break ground either late spring or early summer to uh, get started on the development of the lots there at uh, Bicey Subdivision. Uh, we currently have, uh, as, as Mary Anderson talked about, the big stack of plans. Those are the construction plans which uh, have been reviewed by our engineer and those comments have been uh, sent back to uh, Jason and the engineers that he's working with. Uh, we, we also are working with um, Brad Akers. He has a de development called the Meadows. It'll be a new manufactured home uh, community here in the city. Um, his construction plans have been reviewed and uh, we're just waiting for uh, Brad to get started. I, I know he's anxious to get started this spring on doing that and I believe he's bringing in 40 plus uh, manufactured homes that will all be new and, and have a uh, similar look to them. He's using I believe either one or two different manufacturers so that will give folks another option uh, for housing here in the community and we've got a, a mixed-use uh, project um, that Travis Shields is doing at the corner of Maxson and Columbus um, Travis signed his development agreement last month with the city and uh, is looking forward to getting started this spring. Um, he's got a combined uh, a commercial space um, with, with five apartments. There'll be three three-bedroom units on the second floor, and I believe there's going to be two what are considered handicapped accessible units on the lower level next to the commercial space. Um, I also know that uh, Deepak Gary has started to be kind of a considered the third phase of what was Alta Ventures, but uh, uh, when uh, D Deepak purchased that uh, project, uh, they've, they've kind of renamed that, and he's kind of starting that phase three, and uh, he's looking to put in, I think it's actually phase three and four, they're going to do another uh, six fourplexes um, there out by Short Street. So a lot of housing um, activity hopefully going on this year and uh, building in the city. So we've got 12 new apartments coming in out there on Short Street. We've got five new apartments coming in there. You're talking about Travis Shield that... Actually, that's 24 out on Short Street. Oh, 24 out it's, on Short it's, Street. It's six fourplexes. Okay, I just had bad math. So 24 new apartments out yep. there. We've got five uh, going in at uh, the old tire shop place that's across right. from BP um, with that additional commercial space. Um, we've got, I think... Uh, in, in this year, in 23, I think Brad's wanting to do 10 units yep. out at the Meadows um, with a bunch more to follow, but I think he's starting with 10 this year. And then I think it's 47 or 48 units, right, at uh, the by C. 45 to 47 is what I recall. Exactly. Yep. Perfect. That's a lot of growth this year. A lot of things going on. And then uh, here in a couple months, we will have uh, 
the reconstruction of Rainbow and Maxon. Um, that project um, will have uh, our bonds sold. Uh, we had local bidder, All American Concrete, will be the uh, construction company doing that project for us. And that'll be constructing Rainbow and Maxon Street and putting a 10 foot trail down along uh, past Bicey Subdivision down to Dutton Park. Uh, so we're excited about that project as well. And hopefully we'll eventually get well number two finished this year as well. So Excellent. I think we've got two more housing projects that will be completed in 23, um, all downtown apartments. Uh, so uh, the 2021 Catalyst Grant on 3rd Street, um, that will be completed uh, this summer. And so that'll be two apartments, two more apartments upstairs there. And then the downtown development grant uh, on Spencer, yeah, Spencer that'll be added at some apartment. So um, even, even more there, we, we don't want to forget about those. We'll take, we'll take <laughs> every home we can get. Absolutely. Very good. Anything else? Um, no, you know, I, I think the mayor touched on, you know, the fact that uh, we, we had a couple brothers that were interested in offering a service in the community that's that's not here, and that's providing um, kennels for uh, pets. And uh, they came to the city last fall and uh, went before um, Board of Adjustment and Planning and Zoning, and then Council approved the amendment to uh, the Ag District to allow for that. And I know they're really excited about getting the construction of their project going here this spring as well. So. Very cool. A lot of development going on in town. Yes, there is. Excellent. It's a, it's a good thing. Cliff, what's going on? I heard the elevator's working. Yes. <laughs> so that, that only took 15 minutes for it to get back down here. Well, better than it was last week. So, <laughs> Well, let me first start off by uh, uh, having a beverage. Um, Heritage Foundation, let me say, is closed for the winter, but um, it'll open back up. Uh, the depot campus will open back up here in April. However, <coughs> cough button. However, if you uh, would like a private tour, uh, I would love to hear from you. You could uh, email us at wlheritagefoundation at gmail.com or go to our website at wlheritagefoundation.org and and explore that a little bit. We can set you up with something this winter if you want to. If you're really bored, and want to come out and take a look. Um, otherwise, April we should be open again. Now. Um, this spring, we're going to be looking at planting a few more benches, uh, memorial benches, and cleaning up the north side of the trail. That north side, a lot of tree damage. They're getting a little old, and some are starting to fall over. It's kind of kind of fun, actually. If you're out walking, you'll never know if you're going to get hit with a tree branch or something in the wind. So um, it, it's for the it's for that uh, cross training kind of thing. The guy that really wants to get out there and dodge. But so we're going to have a couple of maybe community groups get together and look at a couple other ways to go out there and clean that north side of the trail. So. Um, if you haven't been to the Brick Street Gallery, I just wanted to give them a shout out. You, a lot of people in town probably don't realize we've got a beautiful art gallery right here in town. Um, 104 West 3rd Street. A lot of local artists and regional artists. Uh, you, can, you can look at their wares and you can buy their wares. I think it helps support everybody. And I just want to give them a shout out because uh, wintertime, everybody's looking for something to do. And that's a great place to go. It really is. We got a, we got a good thing going there. So if you have a chance, get out see that now they just changed their operating hours is that right they did i don't have that in front of me so if you go to their website um you should be able to to find that uh, find what the hours will be so simpson memorial home let's talk uh, <clears throat> talk a little bit about senior care 
here in West Liberty. Um, we've got a beautiful campus. Uh, we've got a campus that has uh, 24 independent living apartments, six, uh, uh, shall we say, condo style, uh, 18 apartments that are assisted living, and then uh, 55 beds in a nursing home. And we're still, we're, we're looking at floor plans now, uh, trying to narrow it down to three for maybe a remodel project. We'll be bringing that to the community here pretty quick. That's, that's gonna be exciting. We are revamping our website. We have a, a wonderful company here in town, Big Imprint, uh, and they are the best company to work with. I highly recommend anybody that needs somebody. Uh, they have our current website, but we just need more. And they are the guys to get us more. Uh, we're going to build it now, pay online, bills online. The staff will be able to have a portal to go in and find all their stuff. It'll just be kind of a one-stop shopping. We're going to have 3D renderings of rooms. So if you want to see how big an apartment is in Heath Manor and where your furniture can go, you can just go right there. It's all on the website. You won't have to come over and put a tape measure down anymore, which is nice. Um, we've got a new newsletter. Uh, we, we kind of started that back up again, um, and it's been well received. It's uh, it's more or less a kind of a public relations piece, kind of says what's going on inside the facility. A lot of pictures, um, you know, a lot of a lot of feel good stuff of what's going on. I am sad to say, uh, we have one note that uh, brings uh, tears to many of our, our residents. Uh, Creamy, our ice cream machine, may have turned its last wheel. Um, we're limping it along. And Ryan Trust, back in 2008, bless their hearts, uh, helped us fund a brand new one. It was a commercial machine, and we used the heck out of it. And it was for everybody. Uh, we hosted a lot of ice cream socials and such things. But the old Creamy's just gotten a little too old here. Um, so we're, we're going to be doing some fundraising. I've set aside some money. And for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, Simpson Memorial Home is a not-for-profit, locally-owned, community-based facility. Uh, we are not a for-profit, so you know, donations are greatly appreciated. So if anybody out there would love to see smiles get put back on the faces of, uh, of our residents and tenants and those bellies full, um, want to donate, please reach out and contact me. And You can reach me at 319-627-4775. Uh, or read our newsletter or go online to, uh, to our website, and you can find the newsletter there on the old website, soon to be a new website, uh, easy to find the information. Cliff, on the new website, will people be able to donate then and there? Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up too, because we will have an access for people to donate directly. Excellent. And we are starting an education fund, and we're actually increasing our education fund because finding a nurse these days is hard. And I've got a lot of young people that are uh, aides that are going into school, and we're going to help pay for some of that. So we've got nurses when they come back out. Our turnover is a lot less than what's out there in the industry right now, but still, it's a struggle. So um, with that, you know, you want to keep in mind uh, uh, national, there was an article that came out in the National Healthcare. Uh, magazine or uh, site that said that about half of the nursing homes in the United States right now are struggling um, and financially struggling and half of those aren't going to be able to make it in the next 12 months. They don't have the resources to do it. Where we do, we're much more fiscally conservative. Uh, we've got a group of uh, not, uh, board of directors that are all volunteer uh, this has always been a very well-run operation, and we're looking to remodel as well as maybe build some new wings uh, and, and do it smartly. So, uh, let's see what else we got going on. Um, we have questions over here, Cliff. 
You have a question? Cliff, Clifford, can I ask you a question? You, by yes. the way. This is the mayor, yes. Yes. I have um, a question for you, too. As, as you know, uh, being as you very well know, Clifford, mm-hmm. uh, yes. being the mayor can be a full-time job. It can be. But when I'm not doing that, yep. I, I own a big imprint, so we're, we're very excited to build your new website. And uh, um, I've gotten started with that already, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Um, but I have a question for you about your expansion. In, in the past, you had a, a huge expansion planned, and that was kind of in the works for a long time. Can you just yep. get you that up. On, on that? Where, Glad you brought that up. That? But let's just say three weeks before COVID, we had uh, property over to the east of us, and uh, probably about 14 acres, and we have had plans laid out for a brand new standalone nursing home. And that standalone nursing home uh, was going to be the cure-all, fix-all for a lot of stuff. And this is all before COVID. COVID hit, and I'm glad we hadn't even started construction at that point because it would have been disastrous. Um, We learned a lot through the COVID adventure, um, which still continues to this day, but isn't as bad, uh, about uh, compartmentalizing structure. And so we revised that standalone structure uh, to be better compartmentalized, more private rooms, And then discussions started to shift because of the uh, changing demographic in our uh, worker population, basically. Nurses started getting out of the business. Healthcare workers started getting out. So we started to look at building now in between our existing nursing home and our Heath Manor. Lots of ground in there. Can we put something in there? Connect everything. So everything is connected by a center hub. And we can share employees that way, and I don't have to staff independently, you know, half a mile away over the hill, a full nursing staff, and then have to have full nursing staff in the assisted living building, and then a full kitchen staff in the independent living and the assisted living. So it just is a better resource use. And so our board is really looking in that direction right now, hard. We've got three different variations to, to, to take a look at. And then we will be opening up to the public and the public will be able to come in and say, this looks good. This is what we think is good for our community, which is something that I think is very valuable. Okay. That's really interesting. So an expansion still, but in a kind of a different yep. direction. Yep. So we would basically knock a wing down, or build a wing, knock a wing down, and then move people into that and then build another wing and, or remodel an existing wing if we, if we can do it. So the building was put up in 74, 72, 74. And it uh, it's done it's done a great job. The old girl's got good bones, but as with everything else, bones are brittle over time. Yeah, it just needs to be replaced. And we're really shooting for private rooms. Everybody gets a private room and an ice cream machine in every room. Every room, an ice cream machine <laughs> with your generous donations. <laughs> so we are we are looking to uh, to rake those donations in. So if, if if you could please reach into your pocketbooks and see what you have there. <laughs> even in between the seat cushions might help because uh, ice cream deprivation is something you just don't want to see. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, in other news, good news, good news here, if you, if you can just give me another minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Jamara, do you have a question? I did. I'm sorry. You're raising your hand. Yeah. Going back to the Heritage Foundation oh, yes. Depot, Yeah. did you guys get a specific classification recently on we that? We are on the National Historical Register. Thank you for reminding me how Yeah, because people in town would love uh, oh. to see something, like a ceremony or something. Absolutely. And we will be having one probably uh, late spring, early summer. Uh, what does the national recognition mean uh just that it's a national recognition well we can get street signs out on the highway so you know <laughs> pointing towards this historical marker 
um, uh, there will be funding available to us to do other projects uh, for that structure. Uh, unfortunately, this uh, winter, the furnace, one of the furnaces went out and we had some pipes freeze. And uh, so there's just a tiny, tiny bit of, of damage, but nothing, nothing major um, that was done. But we'll have to have some, maybe some redundant systems now to keep that thing from uh, shutting down like it did. No, the historical register is just going to allow people now to come in and, you know, scholars from around the world, I think, will be stopping uh, to take a look at this this structure and, and the history and, and the John Brown and the slaves that came through here and, and and the amount of trains that came through here at any one given time, 74 trains in a day. I mean, that's just incredible with all the different passenger trains and freight trains. Just insane. Um, and this was such an important hub. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for bringing that up. And I think this uh, spring and summer, people need to be watching for that because it'll be a, a big doings. I'm going to get out my bowler, my derby, and uh, I think it'll be nice. So, and I'm hoping to maybe get the railroad to bring in a piece of equipment or two, you know, and uh, uh, tie somebody up and throw them in front of the train. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. <laughs> get my handlebar mustache out. <laughs> Anyhow, good news. I just wanted to say there is good news in long-term healthcare. Good. Let's hear it. Because uh, um, uh, the LTCRL announced that play would resume starting in January. LTCRL. I'm what glad you that? asked. I'm glad you asked. Uh, Long-term care rugby league. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, training this year has uh, <laughs> had several several bumps. Uh, we got uh. lots of uh, Simpson seniors on the disabled list for training. Um, unfortunately, we can never get past the initial scrum. Uh, it always seems to collapse in on itself. Uh, really large pile of people. There's Walkers and canes sticking out. Decrease in age, like fifty and above, maybe. No, there's a that's. There are certain strict standards that you have to meet to become a part of this league, and we will not waver from that. So, um, well, Ken, if if you recall last year, uh, first match was no different in in getting it off the. As a scrum started to shift off to the left, uh, five-time goal champion, Eldon Wiedermeyer, uh, dropped her upper dentures right out into the middle of the scrum, actually landed right by the ball. Uh, and rugby is not like football. Right? No, 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 it's different. That's why That's why it's unique, and that's why uh, There's a little bit we're trying to, get a, trying to get a television contract here, but uh, uh, <laughs> the flanker, Francis Clark, the flanker, uh, what she did while in the scrum, she... Uh, Tried, broke, ended up breaking the scrum and tried to reach down and, and pick the dentures up. She was trying to call time, but of course, everybody being hard of hearing, um, nobody could imagine the chaos that ensued with, with that. But she was reaching for the dentures to put them back in Helen's mouth. And as soon as she got out of the scrum, the whole thing collapsed in on itself again. And they, they, they called the, they called it, they called the match. Nothing was going any forward from that point on. And we were really disappointed because this year we got a really big sponsor. And we were thinking, all right, depends undergarments. Uh, and they were hoping for a big blowout this first game. And uh, they uh, didn't get it. Uh, so, depends, you know. Holding it since 1852. They're our sponsor this year. It's also sponsored by Alka-Seltzer and Plop Plop Fizz Fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. And, and Preparation H. Don't let those perky roids ruin your game day. 
Are you ready for the H? Uh, let's see. The only other note I had here, just coming in, actually. Uh, thank you for handing me this. Uh, other action around the league, uh, since we weren't able to compete already. Uh, over at Catheter Flats, the Alzheimer Acres, they were set to play against the uh, Bedpan Valley, but uh, uh, Alzheimer Acres, I guess, never showed up. Apparently, they forgot. Uh, so getting the forfeit and giving the win to the fighting prunes of Bedpan Valley, so let's hear it for them. They uh, really pulled that one out. Um, as I get more scores, I'll let you know. But, uh, Ken, back to you. Sure, the, uh, the prunes had thunderous applause. It was, it was plaptuous, yes. Yes, very good. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm uh, really thankful for the, the mayor's leadership. Uh, with with the the Dutton Complex project and and Rainbow and Maxon, you know, he, he made sure we're getting good trails and sidewalks there, so that uh, all of your residents have a, a clear shot of rolling themselves down to Dutton. To and, and I'm liking that too. That that is going to help because we're going to have a nice path over there. Uh, I know the school is getting annoyed. We're using their field. It's not even developed yet, and we're out there in their field. And I'm sure they still have to. You'll probably still have to pull a few canes out. And if you find, <laughs> and if you find Helen's dentures, let us know because I don't. If we we can still use them, I can so, only imagine one of yeah. the kids taking them home to mom and dad and being like, yeah. "What are these?" Well, my son's got a metal detector, but there's no metal in those anymore. They started. They stopped using lead. So as long as it doesn't slow down progress, we should be okay. It shouldn't. You just pull the walkers out of the mud, and you'll be fine. Those troopers, I tell you, they're good. Well, Cliff, that's not good. actually true because new dentures today, if you do a fixed denture, they use titanium. Yeah. Do they? Yes, yeah. they do. Well, maybe one can find them. I'll send him out with his metal detector. Well, I think the entire community will be very thankful, especially the school's insurance company. Um, yeah. Because while it's been the off-season, I know all the residents have been over at the new construction site practicing their parkour. Oh, good. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well... If there's anything else I can do for you, you just let me know. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, you Cliff. You. you bet. Well, speaking of the school district. Chucky. Sean. Oh. Well. Sean? I can. <laughs> so from the school district, uh, I guess I'll start with facilities. That's where Cliff left off. Um, not much going on out at the athletic com complex. Uh, how there was. We have a, there well, was some stuff going on, but. <laughs> this is dying down. Um, we hmm. that's tragic. <laughs> that's horrible. You wouldn't shouldn't say that amongst <laughs> the senior down. care league. It's, it's I mean, tied I, down. You're gonna get some sternly written <laughs> tweets. The senior league is going to take issue with this. Died down. <laughs> oh, oh no! It just took a wrong direction. Just really got derailed. So facilities update, uh, we just had a pre-construction meeting uh, with our general contractor, Knutson out of Iowa City, just to talk about some initial steps for our athletic complex, the second phase of that, all the above ground work. Uh, so the behind the scenes plans and work is being done um, just to get that ball rolling. They anticipate being out there in full swing, probably in April once the ground thaws and um, they're able to get their equipment out there and get everything set up. So in the meantime, we'll have more pre-construction meetings with our uh, subcontractors um, under Knutson uh, just to work on minor details, minor and major details of, of the project. 
If you've been by the ELC complex over at the uh, elementary campus, uh, the ELC building is coming along very nicely. Uh, it's taking shape. They're getting it all enclosed so they can continue to work over these uh, cold winter months. Uh, inside the fifth grade wing, uh, the, the north uh, west wing of the elementary, they are renovating uh, classrooms to make those bigger to, to house our kindergarten classes. that will be moving over there. I believe they actually started uh, getting drywall up on those rooms, putting those back together. So seeing some nice progress. Uh, we have our, our fundraising efforts continue to uh, just amaze me and just to be outstanding. Uh, we've had more uh, generous donations come in just this past week. Uh, we are we have a gala coming up that we're partnering with uh, Charles and the chamber here. Um, so we're really looking forward to the gala. That is March 4th. Um, if you have not bought your ticket yet for that, you can do so uh, at the chamber office or at our West Liberty Community School District office. So love to see you out there um, supporting the, the gala and um, helping us out with continued fundraising for our project. They sounds like they really have some awesome, outstanding auction items that uh, they will be auctioning off uh, that night as well. Maybe Charles will speak more to that. Um, it's full swing uh, season of winter sports, so we have a lot of stuff going on with our winter sports, wrestling. Um, the girls' wrestling program has really taken off. I think we have one of the largest um, girls' wrestling programs that I've heard of in the area maybe even the state. Um, also, our middle school numbers are outstanding as well for girls wrestling. So we're excited about that. Um, show choirs in, in full swing here this winter. So just a lot of great things going on uh, in the school district. The You've probably heard on the news lately, the legislatures have passed the uh, school voucher program, the educational savings account for uh, individual students um, to apply towards essentially any accredited school uh, in the state. And this is a first for the state of Iowa, just some new unchartered territory. So we will see how things play out with that uh, in, the next, in the next few months and next few years. And how fast was that? It took like 30 seconds from the time they came up with the idea to the time they signed it and it was done. They've been trying to do this for the past couple years and this year um, I think they felt they had the right people in place yeah. to get it done swiftly, and they okay. did it. It was very quickly. I was very passed. surprised how yeah. fast that. State went. rarely moves quickly on anything, but on this, they they did, uh, they, they did it at top speed. Are, do you anticipate anything, any so, immediate so it's, it's, side effects? Well, you know, it, it's really mm -hmm. unknown, uh, Cliff. It, it, it's essentially all students, um, all, all schools get approximately $7,600 per student funding. There's other funding that comes in, other you know, federal funding, different um, categorical funding that comes in, but every student uh, approximately $7,600. And so the state is going to put that money, um, so if you want to go to a private school now, now that money will go into a, like a third party account. So the Department of Management We'll be working with an entity to, to essentially house that money, and then if someone rolls, enrolls in a private school, then that money will then go from this third-party holder of that then to the private school. Um, the you know they they touted this as 
student choice. Now, now students, every student can go to a school that they choose, anywhere they would like to go. Um, but I, I, we'll have to see what the reality of that is. Um, a, a public school, as you well know, we, we take all students. There's no one that we deny access uh, to. Um, private schools can essentially pick and choose. They can, they can take applicants and decide if you know, they want to take that child or not. Uh, you know, they can recruit. They, can, uh, you know, they, just, they have a lot of say over who actually enters their doors and is a student there. So even with the voucher system, you know, I, it, it'll, this will be interesting to see if you know, they, they still don't have the requirements that public schools have. Basically, they're getting this funding. And the only mandates that I've heard of that come along with this is that they'll have to complete some of the state testing. So the ISAS test or maybe some of the FAST testing. But other than that, that would be about the extent of their requirements. So if they determine they aren't set up to handle certain populations of students or students with certain needs, um, I, I I don't think they would have to take those kids. So I, I don't really know then how that is equitable or how that truly uh, transfers to every child being able to choose where they want to go to school. To me, it's more public, private school choice. Private schools now choose, still choose, still choose who gets to, you know, who they'll accept this money from or who, you know, which students they'll accept. And do I understand but, it correctly and correct and change? Correct me if I'm wrong. The uh, the backfill if a student leaves. So let's say I leave, and you'd probably be happy if I did. If I left to go somewhere else, you the schools would then get twelve hundred dollars as a backfill for my absence. Is is it is something set up like that? That is correct, Cliff. And my understanding is that would essentially equate to some of the federal money or some of this other categorical money that schools receive per student. And so rather than trying to sort through all of that, they're taking that state funding, $7,600, and that goes with the student. So if the student was a resident of our district, and we would still be getting X amount of federal dollars or other categorical funding for that child, that'll stay. That'll stay. That, that's my understanding or interpretation. So the $1,200 is not something new created. Where is that coming from? Because this thing would be a lot more expensive then because if, if you know, 50% of the kids decide to leave, right. they're that, going to have to come up with a lot of money. That's my understanding. Okay. I could be a little off on that. We're still trying to learn you know, all the details of this, and, but it's extremely expensive. It's, you know, it'll, this will equate to approximately $350 million a year Extra. Uh, once it's in full, uh, the program is fully operating in three years and that's another I guess unknown I would say is just where's that 350 million dollars coming from you know, you know to say that well I don't know, it, you know it, it, we're a little worried about the impact that 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 could have on public education um, and it's still somewhat of a mystery to me I guess on you know the whole idea of the taxpayers money here that goes to a public school system you know, a school system that was set up many, many years ago mm -hmm. to be funded by the public taxpayers to allow for access for all students to have a place to go to school. And then now some of that public taxpayer money is being uh, allowed to just transfer to anywhere, anywhere in the state, 
um, to any accredited institute, online institute, or whatever it might be. Uh, so, again, this is just very new, mm-hmm. uh, kind of uncharted ground, and, and just well, it, it's a trend because it's not only it's now affecting you in long-term healthcare and in healthcare in general. It's been the same way with insurance companies and money being appropriated in different places. It's kind of all similar with the what's going on in the city right now at the fire department. Similar, they want you know the, the public monies to be you know shifted to a private entity to, to manage. It's just kind of a trend, and so maybe it will work out great. But we're going to have to do a lot of sitting and waiting and see. So yeah, and you know I, I guess that's saying a positive. I think we have an outstanding school system here in, in West Liberty. Yeah, great school I mean, system. We have amazing kids. We have amazing community support, and that's just been just so apparent transparent through our, our fundraising efforts and the support that we've had for our facilities. Um, I mean, there's tons of academic support as well, but that's just one that's been very visible um, just to see how much the community has embraced our school system and supporting what we're doing. So I really don't anticipate a lot of changes um, or losing a lot of students. Um, you know, the, the other thing to think about is the, the Private schools around us, you know, I, I don't know what their capacity is or even how much more room they have to take other students. Um, you know, and maybe that trend will change. Maybe more schools will pop up. I don't know. Maybe not. That's what I'd be afraid of. More schools would pop up on the corner parking lot, Bob, Circus School, you know, and they'll teach you. And then, you know, those fly-by-nights. I, I, I doubt that's just an extreme yeah, stretch. No, but, right. And, and um, maybe people will find that you wonder. the grass isn't greener. Yeah. Um, Time maybe will tell. They, right, exactly. Time will tell. So, but I feel very good about what we have here and the product that we have, what we offer our students. That, you know, our but I think you're right. Are, you have a good system. You've absolutely. got a good a, a, a good teacher base. You've got a great program. Yes. I don't think you'll have as much trouble as some of these other smaller, smaller systems yeah. will have. And, so. and another huge positive is just what you were talking about earlier, and that's all the additional housing that we'll have. I anticipate, I anticipate that'll bring more families to our town, mm-hmm. more children mm-hmm. uh, to our community, as well as provide housing for our uh, staff, which we've had a shortage of. Yeah. And so hopefully that'll help us uh, just attract and retain uh, more of our staff as well here in the community. Sean, I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your leadership and also to thank all of the many, many educators here in our school district that do such an amazing job each and every day working with the, the students in and around West Liberty. So uh, I think I can speak for everybody around this table when, when we just say thank you. Here, here. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you, Ken. We're blessed to have such a wonderful staff of, of teachers and paraeducators and bus drivers, cooks, custodians, just all, all around. Yeah, just a great, great group of people. So thank you. All right. Well, speaking of a great group of people, Charles and Chamber. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? Wonderful. So, so I'll just make a statement. You forgot about the first Friday at the Brick Street Gallery. How could I? You should have. You're right next to me. You need to needle I, me on these I was out of control laughing. You stuck I, in the elbow? <laughs> um, the gallery on Friday, Friday the 3rd is hosting, I believe, all around all artists, but focused on hearts and I believe lace. Oh, that'd probably be because of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yes. St. Patrick's yes. Day has always been a day where your heart is in the right place. And <laughs> a lot of us wear kilts of lace. Okay, so next event, um, our February event for the Chamber of Commerce is actually Tuesday, February 7th at 8 a.m. Um, we're 
getting all plans, everything uh, squared away for it. But it's our first Chamber AM, which will be with our guest speaker, Lisa Wurzbogger. Um, Are you serving wine? I mean, it's a Chamber event. Is it going to have wine and cheese? It, or? It's 8 a.m. 8 a.m. It's mimosas, Cliff. Oh, oh, yep, thank you. Thank you. I knew there was something. All right. Mimosas? There will not be alcohol. There will be breakfast items. And wow. coffee. And coffee. If that does. Kahlua? Not for me. Okay. No. Some of us have to work later, you know. And that's never stopped you before, Jamara. It has too. <laughs> so I've been working with Lisa Wurzbogger on an array of events and things throughout, truly throughout the rest of this year for 2023. Um, but she actually came to me and said, let's work together on a marketing uh, opportunity for our businesses, for truly for anybody, um, not just our membership, but any of our businesses downtown. I know as the chamber director, uh, part of the membership that you either renew or become a new member with the chamber is my position helps you promote your business, whichever it is, however it is, if it's on the website, if it's on social media, or if it's just going door to door, just getting your name out. Um, the challenges that I see is that there's many businesses that do have a presence on many outlets, but could it be better? Absolutely. So this is an opportunity, an hour long, um, question and answer, 30 minutes of talking from Lisa, but it's just to help you promote, help you grow your business. What are you gonna have for breakfast? Get a little little sausages, those are nice. I like little wieners in the morning. And you can have some fluffy eggs with that, or what, what can we expect for the uh, breakfast uh, buffet? We know Lisa's going to have a great program. That's no I mean, that's a given. I'm just kind of curious. What are you going to have? Yes, she's going to have a great program. Uh, we've already talked about what we're going to talk about. But um, breakfast items, I'm working with the... Jimmy LA. Dean. Jimmy Dean sausages. He's got some good sausages. Oh, uh, I will be working with El Hibarito Bakery. Um, as well as Savor by Chef D. We, we've got a mix of things from breakfast sandwiches to a uh, large fruit bowl, um, as well as coffee and juices. Um, so it's an array of items. I don't believe Jimmy Dean's showing up, but um, you're more than welcome to bring him. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. <laughs> but it sounds like, Cliff, you're welcome to bring your own uh, tiny wieners if you want to. <laughs> I always have. So like what Sean was talking about, not Cliff, uh, our <laughs> next event after February is the Comic Gala. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, we actually have no tables left. Um, so truly, it's just selling tickets. So both of our banks, Chamber of Commerce and the admin office for the school district are selling tickets. Get your tickets now. Um, I can tell you it's going to be jam-packed, not just with guests, but all of our donors um, to celebrate the fundraising that we've really outstanding um, accomplishment that we've done for the athletic complex. Um, but we've got some great, great uh, donation items, auction items, and some baskets are right now being uh, kind of formed right now with everything that's coming in. So really excited, and that's March 4th, starting at 5 at the community center. Who took all your tables if you don't have any left? I mean, we've got some here we could take down if you need some extra. I mean... That's nasty. Why would anybody take all your tables? <laughs> no, we 
we have an opportunity for groups or businesses or families that want to come and uh, the table itself comes with service, bottles of wine, uh, as well as um, drink tickets because there will be an open bar. And it's not at 8 a.m., is it? It is not at 8 a.m. And there will also be dessert. There will be food for everyone, but dessert just comes to the tables. Okay. Very good. Did, did um, you have another question? No, I, I was just concerned was that, the, you know, well, okay. you never know. Hey. <clears throat> Very cool. Anything else, Charles? Uh, no, that's it for the next two months. Well, that's definitely a lot. <laughs> Busy, yes. guy. Busy guy. Really exciting stuff. Well, uh, now what that... You gonna, what are you going to wear to the big gala event? I'm just curious. Isn't it? Black tie affair? Or is yeah. it... You What's can. Uh-huh. I'm going to, you know... Comment it up. Comment so. it up. Well, yeah. that kind of does make sense. Yeah. That does make sense. Superintendent Chalmers, what are you going to wear to the big Comet event? <laughs> Plan that far ahead, Cliff. <laughs> well, you might want to be thinking. Probably don't want to wear tomorrow, Cliff. <laughs> the, the tuxedo places might be uh, right now, right now. So, yeah. all right. Mary, you'll be there, I'm sure. What's uh, What top hat will you be wearing? <clears throat> Yours. You know, uh, <laughs> if, you need a, if you need the sash, I do have the sash. The sash. The sash with the top hat with the, uh, with the comet on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be I'm, nice. I'm there for it. All right. Certainly a lot going on with the chamber. Thank you very much, Charles. A couple quick updates here with WeLead as we were kind of closing out our 2022. We got to put some really fun numbers together. Um, here last week, we got to give a presentation in front of the Muscatine County Board of Supervisors, and we were able to share some really good things that we lead was able to partner with the community and, and get done last year, and that included uh, helping bring in more than $500,000 in grants that went to support local businesses and organizations. That was a 150% increase from 2021, and 2021 was a record year for grants, so we were really excited to be able to do that. Uh, we are excited to be able to partner with the, the chamber and, and other organizations and bring seven new businesses to town. Um, Charles, I, I think you said that was a, a record, wasn't it? Yes. By my standards and records that I have that I have dated back to the 80s, it looks like that is a record. Before you were born? 83. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we were able to uh, accomplish a, a whole lot last year. And, and we're just getting started. We're, we're moving forward. 2023 is going to be an amazing year. Uh, the, the next big date I want to get on everybody's calendar is coming up here in just a, a few days. Um, that's going to be on Friday, February the 10th from noon to two o'clock is a quarterly meeting for the West Liberty Business Association. And Cliff, as you know, the only requirement to be a member of the West Liberty Business Association is that you show up for lunch. Mm-hmm. And it is a good lunch. So I hope to see you there. Yeah, we'll, uh, the we'll sausages at this one. That lunch is, of course, provided by West Liberty Foods. We're very grateful for that sponsorship so we can bring everybody out. Um, the start of these business meetings, the, the first hour or so, uh, we get updates um, from, uh, of course, local government. So, uh, Dave, we hope to see you there and, and hear about what's going on there. Mayor, of course, you'll have an opportunity to, to speak. Uh, we, we hear from county government, what's going on with the county. And of course, Sean, we like to learn what's going on with the school district. Um, we just had our little mini chamber chat here just now, but uh, we'll, we'll hear some more updates there. And then we're going to go into a, a feature presentation. Uh, your elevator just arrived, Cliff. Yeah, thank you. I 
I know Charles, you have to go and you know, if you, I'll hold it for you if you want. Oh, please, thank yeah, you. Because it, it'll take another 15 minutes for it to get here. Our, our guest presenter on the 10th is going to be Lindsay Trumbull. Uh, Lindsay is one of the client service coaches for the Iowa Center of Economic Success. Ooh. This is a nonprofit organization uh, out of Des Moines, but they recently opened up an office in Muscatine, and we're going to be really excited to announce a new partnership between them and We Lead and some opportunities that they're going to have for existing businesses and people that are interested in starting a business here in West Liberty. So she'll be giving a special presentation. Uh, and then the second half of the program is uh, my favorite personally, and that's when we do a round table around the room. Everybody in attendance has an opportunity to share about what's going on in their business, in their organization, or just in general in the community. And it's a really good opportunity uh, for people to, to share that information and learn about what's going on. So that's from noon to two on February the 10th. That's a Friday. Everybody is welcome. We just ask that they RSVP so we get a good count for the food. So let us know at least a few days in advance of that. So that's coming up next week. And that's all I have for that. Now we get to move into another fun part of this podcast, the Ask the Podcast. Uh, every month, people have an opportunity to write in. They can send a letter to We Lead at 119 East 3rd Street in West Liberty, Iowa. Or they can email us at podcast at weleadiowa.org. And this month's question comes from an anonymous sender, and they wanted to know, uh, how can I give back in my community? So that's the question that we're going to ask. How can people give back here in and around West Liberty? How can they get involved? So Charles, we're going to start with you. 60 seconds or less, lightning round. Okay, truly, um, what it comes down to is just start um, communicating to people. Ask people. I've uh, volunteered myself at the dance studio. I taught a theater class. Um, I am on the board at Eulenspiegel um, and working with all their classes. Um, and then I also help uh, the high school with their drama department. So I am their marketing director for their high school musical, which happens in April. So those are just a few things that I do. Um, and truly all I did was ask, I asked someone and they directed me or they said, Oh, I talked to this person or that person and so on. So it's just a word of mouth and that's the best in a small town. Okay. Cliff. I think if, uh, somebody really wants to get involved, you, uh, jump, like, uh, jump into the heritage foundation, come on down, uh, and volunteer down there. You can volunteer at the depot. You can volunteer to clean up the grounds. You can do the work up on the, on the trail. Physical stuff like that is great. If you just want to sit in the depot and be a museum curator, you can. Join a civic group. For uh, There's so many here in town. We've got Lions. We've got Rotary. Those are two examples that you can give back to your community, um, and which is a great way to do it. So, and there's a lot of others, but I'll let Dave go next. All right, Dave. I, I'm going to keep it really simple, Ken. You know, in every city I've worked for, you see people drive around and they just throw trash out the windows or they're walking and they drop stuff. So having been a Boy Scout and my son being an Eagle Scout and, and working with a lot of young Scouts over the years, uh, the thing that I always pr try to promote is what they do, and, that, and that's leave no trace. So if you're out walking the trails or walking a sidewalk or in the downtown and you see some trash, please pick it up and help keep this community looking great. Thanks. Sean? I would just say positive promotion of our community. Uh, there are many, many great things going on here in West Liberty uh, within the, the community, the school district, etc. And I think you can just really help grow and expand our community um, just by, by focusing on those positive things and, and 
demonstrating, showing your appreciation for what this community has uh, to offer. Very good. Mayor Anderson. Absolutely. I'm going to give you two very briefly. One, uh, your local religious organization, the uh, Ministerial Association locally has done a, a huge work recently in helping to uh, disperse funds for uh, utility costs for local residents. Um, and all the local churches are well known for uh, supporting the community in big ways. And the second one is the West Liberty Community Endowment Fund. I'm a founding member of this uh, organization, which has funneled a lot of money, a lot of money from West Liberty right back to West Liberty. It's a it's an endowment fund that kicks out uh, grant money every single year that's designated only for West Liberty nonprofits or organizations that partner with West Liberty nonprofits. Great place to donate. Okay, Jamara. I would say get involved with the community organizations like Lions Club, Rotary, or even volunteer at the school districts, and also coach a little league something on the parks board or something like that west liberty has a great program recreation program going on on especially all year round and you don't see that with many towns this size yeah so uh it's already been said west liberty has some amazing service organizations it's a great way to not only get involved but make connections that um will, will just make you happier in general uh, fellowship is important um feeling connected uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it from a nonprofit's perspective, our biggest obstacle is always funding. So break out that checkbook and write a big fat check to your your favorite charity here in town, whether it's the Chamber of Commerce, whether it's We Lead here at 119 East Third Street, West Liberty, Iowa, um, or whether it's the the food pantry. Right? We we have so many different uh, or, or the nursing home. or the nursing home or the ministerial association. Uh, or a heritage foundation. I Save mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so write write a big fat check or ten big fat checks, and uh, your money will go a really long way staying here in West Liberty. Well, that's all we have for you this month. We will reconvene our panel here uh, for the March edition of Building Together. So thank you for listening, and thank you to our panel. Have an awesome February. Thank you, Ken. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean sausages. He's got some good sausages. Building Together is a production of the West Liberty Economic Area Development, We Lead, and is brought to you by West Liberty Auto Parts and the Goodfellas Club. Thank you for spending your time with us. We'll see you next month. Building Together. Dream it. Plan it. Build it. <laughs>